Let us pray now. Eternal God, our Father, we do love you and thank you. Thank you for this day that you have allowed us to enjoy. We thank you for this opportunity, and we pray that you anoint us afresh. Use us as an instrument to proclaim your word, not my word, but yours. Speak to us and through us. We be mindful to give you the praise and the glory. So we love you. Grant to us a listening ear as we share that the people of God may be helped, encouraged, uplifted, even convicted. But we just thank you, God. Holy Ghost, have your way now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We're reading a few verses here. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 22 through 28. We'll also be reading Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning at verse 22. We start in the middle of a conversation that Paul is having as he defends himself for his apostleship in his ministry. He says, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labor, more abundantly, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequently, in deaths often. From the Jews, five times I've received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with a rod. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I had been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils uh, in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fasting often, in Cold and nakedness, beside the other things which come upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen and amen. A sacrificed life. A sacrificed life. Can you say this after me, that I am living... A sacrificed life. He sacrificed his life, Christ our King, for our liberty. And as children of God, 
I wonder, is there anybody here this morning that is following Christ? Are you a follower of Jesus Christ, not just in conversation, but do you have that relationship? Is he your king of kings and is he your Lord of lords? How many of you have suffered for Christ's sake? How many of you have endured hardness as a good soldier and, and still stayed on the battlefield for the Lord? Do you ever feel as if your labor is unnoticed, unappreciated, or insignificant? I'm here to speak to you that you are living a sacrificed life. Your life is no longer your own, but you have been bought with a price. We need to realize that even Paul, he was under attack in his ministry. Even at all the labors that he had committed, they, they attacked him. They did not accept the gospel that he was preaching about Jesus Christ. They did not accept his authority. Uh, in the church or his authority to proclaim the word of God. They did not accept his ministry. They rejected him. You need to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that in our work, we will be rejected. We will be persecuted. You will be talked about. But you have to understand that you are living a sacrificed life. And with your sacrificed life, you have to understand that it's part of the journey. Is part of the toil. They talked about Paul. They talked about his poor appearance. He didn't have the right suit on. He didn't look like everybody else. He was bent over. He had a bald head. He had bad eyes. They would talk about him. Ladies and gentlemen, if you live long enough, they'll talk about you. It won't take much. That tie don't match with that suit. It don't go with that shirt. They might have a problem with the dress that you have on or your appearance. But ladies and gentlemen, you're living a sacrificed life. And if you live a sacrificed life, they will talk about you. They will, you have to understand also that he didn't have the greatest speaking ability. You'll find that even in the history, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 10, 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 6, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 1, you'll find that in those particular passages, they said he don't look like nothing and he can't speak like nothing. But Paul said, I didn't come in my own power. I came in the power of him who sent me. Yeah, I'm not here to impress you with wise words and wisdom of the age. I'm here to tell you about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The one who slapped me off my horse when I was on my way to persecute the church. And that's what I'm here to talk to you about. We have to understand Paul was living a sacrificed life. And you and I are also, we have signed up your life is no longer your own. You need to understand that there are challenges in your ministry. That's why we need to have uh, present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Don't wait until you're almost gone, and then you want to do work for the Lord. When you're nice and healthy right now, and you don't do nothing for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, I ain't talking about you, but I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. We are living a sacrifice life for the King of Kings. And he said, if your mind has been changed, you don't be conformed to the world, but you are transformed. By the renewing of your mind, when your mind has been changed and when you have been transformed, then you 
conduct yourself differently. We have to understand that we have been called out of darkness into the marvelous light. God has given us the wherewithal. He'll give us the strength that we need. He'll grace us just in time for the battles that are before us. We have to be like the duck. We have to let it roll off us. We have to be able to take some things, ladies and gentlemen, because the, the need is bigger than just this little battle that people are trying to send your way. We need to understand that uh, there, are, there are three things I want to lift from this particular passage, and I want you to just keep it in mind. I don't want to hold you very long. I want to make sure that we have an understanding of what Paul has experienced here. We've read it several times uh, over the years, and we just thank God, but in in spite of public punishment and disrespect, we are still a sacrificed life. It doesn't matter if it happens in public or in private. Ladies and gentlemen, you can be embarrassed in ministry. They will blackball you. They will insult you. They will uninvite you. They will overlook you. They will lie on you. They will disrespect you. But you are a sacrificed life. And therefore, that comes as a part of the game. It's a part of the process. And we need to make sure that if they say something against you, that you have lived a life before God, that they don't have any ammunition to shoot you in. You want to make sure that you have lived and conduct yourself in a private way that the, these accusations don't come out to be true. Somebody say amen. We got to live a holy life. We have to live a holy life. And as we do our best, and when you do your, your best to be assistance to someone else, you'll find that you're still going to get opposition. We have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that this journey is a sacrificed life, which means it's no more I, but it is the Christ that lives within us. What can we learn from Paul's experience? First thing you want to realize is you don't have to tell everything you suffered for Christ's sake. You don't have to tell everything. You, Paul was defending himself, and ladies and gentlemen, you have to understand that he, Paul, did not, this is the only account where he's really boasting or, or, or uh, he's, 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 He's uh, speaking of his accomplishments and things that he's endured. He didn't brag about his, his accolades, but he is telling that he has suffered because they were trying to disrespect his ministry. But I'm just trying to tell you and I that we need to stand up and I ain't defending myself on everything that I've gone through. I'm not going to defend my, I'm not going to tell everything that I suffered for Christ's sake. I'm not trying to get sympathy. I'm not trying to get aid. Paul is not trying to do that as well. He says five times I've received stripes. And he says three times I was beaten with rods. He said once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked. And he said I spent a night and day in the sea. Some of those transactions are not even recorded in the Bible. You got to understand that Paul said, I'm only telling you because you pushed me in a corner. Because you have tried to, to isolate me, I can tell you I suffered a little bit more than you have, and you're making these accusations. Ladies and gentlemen, don't try and tell everybody everything that you've gone through. How many of you know that Jesus knows about all your struggles? 
How many of you can say that Jesus knows everything I go that goes on behind closed doors? He knows those things that you are you are going through, and we don't have to tell and defend ourselves with everybody that comes our way. Not only that, but you don't have to answer every objection against your ministry. Listen, my job is to do what God has sent me to do. Your job is to do uh, whatever it is that God has given you to do in ministry. You cannot answer every little objection. I don't like that, and I don't like this and that. You don't have to answer every request that comes your way. Your job is to do what God told you to do. Somebody say amen right there. I'm trying to help us now because what happens is we start allowing people to, to, to say anything they want to us and come our way, and we got to answer for everything that we're doing. Therefore, they get to disturb what God is doing. They get to intervene and want to have an interjection into what God is doing. But ladies and gentlemen, you do not have to answer every objection that comes your way. Last of all, you don't have to prove anything to anybody. Somebody say amen. I ain't got to prove. The proof is in the pudding. Come on, somebody. I'm getting the work done. I ain't asking nobody no question. I ain't trying to prove nothing to you. He said Prove what is that good and that perfect will of God by living the life. If your mind has been changed, your heart has been changed, you, you're doing it for the right reason, the right purpose. God has led you. I ain't got to prove nothing to nobody. And you need to make sure that you're not trying to prove your prove anything to anyone that comes your way. Ladies and gentlemen, you can be disrespected in public, and I have been uh, 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 uninvited, blackballed, and there ain't no problem. Hello, maybe I don't need to be there. Somebody say amen. Some stuff I ain't worried about not meeting. You don't invite me to the meeting, good. That's one less thing I got to fool with. Somebody say amen. You must be doing something you ain't supposed to be doing. Somebody say amen. Amen. So we just thank God that he gives us the strength Paul says he has gone through a lot. Write this passage of scripture down. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 11. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. He said, you bless when they picking on you. How many of you know that? How many of you know that Satan don't mess with folk that ain't doing nothing? Yeah, when you're trying to do the work, yeah, we heard that even on last Sunday. When you ain't doing nothing, don't even worry about it. But when you are trying to do God's will and you're trying to do it God's way, you're going to get opposition on the way. But he said, blessed are you when they, when they shall revile you. But how many of us are going to stand up for the king of kings no matter what? We're not trying to prove anything to anybody. I just want to please him. How many of you say, I just want to please God? I just want to please him. And then in spite of your perilous predicaments or danger. Perilous mean dangerous. Danger. We got danger in our travels. How many of you know that Paul was on the road all the time? He didn't have these airplanes that we have. He didn't have the cars that we had. He had several uh, missionary journeys, at least four. But he probably had more than that. But we just thank God that he said, I'm in journeys often. I'm in danger in the water, danger by the robbers. I'm in danger by the perils of my own countrymen. 
He said, I'm in danger by the Gentiles, those who are unsaved. He also said he's in danger with the folk that are saved. Lord, have mercy. In perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, and in perils among false brethren. How many of you know that everybody at church saying, Lord, Lord, ain't going to make it? How many of you know that everybody at church ain't looking for Jesus? Yeah, we need to understand that even when we get on airplanes and we, we thank God or we're, we're flying in various places in our travels, we just have to go by, walk by faith and not by sight. We get on the plane and surely you can have apprehension, surely you can have a rough ride, but if you got God with you, somebody say, man, everything will work out. I said, all right. How many of you know you had, you were in a dangerous situation on your way to service this morning? Yeah, just traveling down the highway is a job nowadays. You have to be very careful how you go in and out on the streets. And even a block over, they were doing some shooting uh, right across the street from Jermaine's house. You need to understand no matter where you are. Ladies and gentlemen, danger is right there. No, you need to experience danger on your travels. Not only that, but danger experience, uh, danger among people. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. You got to understand that everybody that's smiling your face ain't on your side. Yeah, everybody that's uh, in your presence, people will give you more trouble. You know, we could easily make it to heaven if it wasn't for the saints of God getting in the way. We got to make sure, ladies and gentlemen, that we conduct ourselves in such a way that we are pleasing to God. And the Jews didn't like Paul. They didn't like him because he was talking about a Messiah that was crucified and they were still waiting on the Messiah to come. How many of you know he already been here? You waiting on the Messiah? He already been here. He's the one that you crucified a few days ago. They was mad at him. But ladies and gentlemen, how many of you know he got up with all power in his hand? They didn't want to hear that because they wanted to hold people and wait for a Messiah. But you got to understand that Jesus Jesus has already come. He has already come and it's your job to accept him as your Lord and Savior. Don't wait till the battle is over. You need to accept him right now while he is present. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And people are going to reject you because they don't want to know what must I do to be saved. They want what can I do and still be saved. Yeah, I just heard that the other day. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's how it is now. It's not what shall I do to be saved. It's what can I get away with and still be saved. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to be very careful that in our travels and uh, even among the people, he preached the salvation that's in Jesus Christ. He preached uh, uh professed Christ in the uh uh, they, they denied God and, and all that God had done. But we as the children of God need to make sure that we, we preach the gospel unadulterated. Jesus Christ and him crucified. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Some people ain't going to like you anyway. You're living a sacrificed life. Not only is there danger in your travels, but there are also dangers among people. But then there's danger in different geographical environments. How many of you know there's some neighborhoods you really don't want to go in? 
unless the Lord. Somebody say amen. You know the man, uh, you know that, that the good Samaritan? It sounds really good when we hear that story. The priest walked by, the Levite walked by. It's recorded in Luke chapter 10. He said, everybody, church folk walk by, but then there's a guy that you don't even like. He stopped and helped. And then the challenge is the road is winding and meandering road that's coming up. And so robbers could come out at any time. We didn't have the police systems we got now. Didn't have all the protection. But the person that stopped and helped the man on the road was also in danger of being robbed and beaten. Ladies and gentlemen, sometimes we'll have to step out of our little safety zone. We have to step out in Jesus' name and help somebody. Many people have passed them up, but it's your responsibility as God gives you guidance and direction to be that good Samaritan, to be that person that stops along the side of the road. And even in dangerous situations, you'll find that God will fix it for you. He'll make you comfortable even when everybody else in your team is scared. How many of you know? Yeah, sometimes I have to do some things and go some places. I know you ain't going in there yet, but I ain't scared, though. Yeah, yeah, now I ain't scared. Now, he gave me the grace I need to walk in with an attitude. Amen. I used to go into the prisons, RCCC. I used to go in there, and I talked to a guy that had 5150 on his forehead. That's a code for crazy. In danger to himself and others. But by the time I came out of that meeting, they locked them doors. They had us in there. They were singing Bible. They was praising him. <laughs> Amen. I'm not I'm worried about it. I ain't scared of you. You need what I got. I just brought some light in this dark place. We was having church up in there. Amen. Even the chaplain want to come by. He want to come by and see what I'm doing because all them guys is in there praising him. They was in there. We sing him and I turn it up a little bit. Somebody say amen because I was not scared. You got to go in dangerous environments and you need to understand that God is with you. Write this passage of scripture down. I'm almost finished. Romans chapter 8 verse 17. And if children children of God, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also glorified, be glorified together. We need to understand that if you are heir and a joint heir of Christ, we, we're going to suffer with him and suffer for him. We need to understand that our life is a sacrifice life. Everybody say, I'm living a sacrifice yeah, you can't please everybody. And I'm, I'm going to go when I tell you this. In spite of your pain and your discomfort. And I look at Paul and Paul has gone through a lot. He said, I'm not only in danger uh, in my travels. He said, I've already have a history of being beaten and talked about and uh, chastised in a physical manner. He said, I've also, uh, in my travels, it was dangerous uh, with the robbers. It was dangerous in every area that I've gone into. But then he said, in my body, I got weary. Weary in toil, sleepless often, in hunger and thirst, in fasting often, in cold and nakedness. Beside the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for the churches. First thing you want to write down, ladies and gentlemen, is the fact that physical suffering and fatigue would come on you as children of 
as children of God. You're doing the work of God, but sometime in your body. Somebody say amen. Amen. I had a busy week on last week, and my fingers moving a little bit slower, and you got little pains, but you got to come and talk about Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. But that's all right, ladies and gentlemen. Sometimes you get a lot of sleep. Sometimes you get a little. But you got to understand, no matter what it is, you're living a sacrifice life, and it's up to you. You can't make excuses. I didn't have time, and I didn't really do this. You got to stay up late, and you got to do whatever it is that God has called you to do. Even if you had a sleepless night, even if you didn't have that much to eat, your job is to show up and allow God to show out in you. Somebody say amen. I said sometimes you get physically, some of you say, I'm physically tired. I don't know what it is. You want to make sure that you see the doctor and make sure that's all right. But other than that, you need to keep pushing. Somebody say amen. Sometimes I come in here, don't even feel well in my own self, but I don't need anybody to feel sorry for me. Long as God knows what I'm going through. Some of you come and stand on the doors. You're ushering with your own pain and you're offering even in the midst of your own challenges. Many of you come with smiles on your face knowing the things that have gone on behind closed doors but you put a smile on your face and you even might have a new walk and it ain't really a walk it's a limp because your hip is not like it used to be but ladies and gentlemen I'm here to tell you you are sacrificed life. When your life is sacrificed you show up and when you show up, God will give you strength that you didn't even know you had. Hallelujah. Not only that, but you get emotionally exhausted in irritation. Yeah, you get emotionally exhausted. And the Bible does say don't be weary in well-doing. But the truth is we get weary sometimes. Yeah, emotionally we're drained. I don't feel like praying for nobody. I need somebody to pray for me. Anybody ever got that in your mind and in your spirit? You need to understand it's going to happen. Physically you burn out. And then spiritually, emotionally you're down. But how many of you know when you show up, this is the good news, when you show of God to give you the strength. You know what happens? Sometimes the physical, sometimes the emotional uh, keep you from showing up. But when you show up, God shows up. And yeah, and I just thank God for his power that, that surpasses all understanding. The Bible does say, and repeat after me, don't be weary in well-doing, but in due season you shall reap if you faint not. How many of you say, I'm going to hold on? How many of you going to say, I'm going to hold on? <laughs> yeah, a little while longer. Last of all, I got to go. I can see y'all looking at me. Spiritually, we can be burned, burdened and concerned for the things of the church. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, I have many things going on outside of this. You never know what has transpired, not only for myself, but for, for yourself on your way to church. Many people don't know, but the cares that we have for the church, the people of the church, the poor, the sick, those who are homeless, those who are going through, it's our concern. We have a deep concern, not a sympathy, but an empathy. When you're going through, I'm going through as well. Paul said, I had all this foolishness happen on my way to church. He said, but on top of it all, he said, I had a concern for the church. How many of you know that Jesus had a concern for the church? And therefore, that's why he died for us. And listen, fill this in for me. He said, as followers of Jesus Christ, we must remember that we work. Write that down. We labor. 
Yeah, and we toil in ministry for Jesus Christ because we are sacrificed life. How many of you know that your life is sacrificed? We are living sacrifice. Listen, don't wait till, till, till you can't move anymore. Then you say, I want to do some work for the Lord. When you have all this health and you have all this strength, you want to do what you can. Listen, the arthritis might kick up, but you keep on moving. Somebody say amen. Emotionally, you might be drained. You don't get the support. You don't get the encouragement that you need. You keep on pushing in the name of Jesus. And then spiritually, you have a concern. You have a burden. But I don't know about you, but I found out that when I cast all my cares upon him, when I cast all my cares upon him, he works things out. I say he works it out. He works it out for the good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. You are living a sacrificed life. Your life is no longer your own. When God calls, it's your responsibility to answer. When opportunity comes, it's yours to stand up and do what he called you to do. This earthly house of tabernacle shall dissolve. It's falling apart, and I thank God it falls apart slow. Somebody say amen. Your eyesight don't necessarily go out immediately, slowly. Somebody say amen. We got all kind of aches and pains. We take the medicine, things of that sort. But that's part of the process. We have to understand we have to make other people's. The most important part is that spiritual part. Your soul is what's important. The greatest sacrifice life is what Christ has done for us. How many of you thank God he sacrificed his life for our liberty? We're free today because he died that we should have life. Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy, but he, he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm already living the abundant life. How about you? How about you? You change your mind and change your perspective. Look at it realistically. It's, your life is not your own anymore. You're a sacrificed life. So challenges will come. But isn't it good to know that God doesn't muzzle the ox. He allows you to be blessed on your way down the road. He allows you to buy new suits. He allows you to have new cars. He allows you to live a little bit lost. He might allow you to ride in first class. But remember, he's number one. Your life is a living sacrifice, and those of you with children, you already know about it. You didn't do anything that was about you. You did it for them. There's my children, and even if I don't have any help, I'm going to make sure they're all right. Anybody know what I'm talking about now? Your life is sacrificed on their behalf that they can get on their way and be all that they could be. Even if you're unrecognized, they don't give you thanks. Listen, you're working for the king. Let's all stand to our feet. If you're here today and you don't have a church home, you want to be a part of our fellowship, you are welcome to do that. If you're here today and 
You have fallen away and you just want to draw nearer to God. You want to rededicate yourself to the Lord. You have the opportunity to do that. If you're here today and you just want to pray for yourself, for family, for circumstances that you're experiencing, let's do that together. Whatever your desire is, let's yield it to God. Listen, we have challenges when we leave here, the challenges you came in with, but if we allow God to handle it, we can survive longer and he will show up. And he will deliver. He will keep you. There's a song we used to sing years ago in Mount Moriah about trouble. I know trouble don't last always, but this one, that's a good one too. Look at all these songs we got about trouble, and then when it comes, then we are surprised. Trouble in my way. I have to help me. Lay awake at night. That's all right. Right? Jesus will. Won't he fix it? You're living the sacrifice. Your life is not your own anymore. Your life is not your own. Is there anyone for any reason? Let's pray together, whatever your need might be. Every head bowed. Eternal God, our Father, we love you and thank you so much for your life. Even as we prepare to commune together, it's in remembrance of the sacrifice, that the ultimate sacrifice that you have made for us. You have taken care of death, that death did not cause us to fear anymore. But it's an door to eternal life. We thank you, God, for the sacrifice. You sacrificed your life for our liberty. Help us to walk in that liberty, that freedom, in spite of situations or circumstances, publicly, privately. No matter what it is, we pray, God, that you give us the strength to know that we are bought with a price, but you would never leave us nor forsake us. We're never in the journey alone. You will work all things together for the good of those who love us. Hear the prayers of my brothers and sisters. The healing that we've asked for for our brothers and our sisters, our friends, our family, we pray, God, that you would do that for us. We can't ask for our will to be done, but we want your will to be done. Whatever it is, we'll, we'll respond, but we are going to ask for the healing. We're going to ask for the restoration. We're going to ask for the deliverance, even the salvation of our lost friends and family. But we pray, God, that you just hear our prayer and answer according to your divine will. Bless every family and every individual under the sound of our voice. Let us know that our lives are sacrificed life. So we love you, God, and we thank you. As we prepare to commune together, we pray that you bless these elements, transforming them from their natural use into a spiritual one. As we partake of the wafer, we remember your body, which was bruised on our behalf. 
As we partake of the cup, we remember the new covenant that has been made in your blood. And your blood still works. Your blood still has power. So we pray, God, that you forgive us for all of our sins and our transgressions against your will and your way. As we commune together, we pray, God, that you bless the people of God and these elements in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, every heart say amen. We're going to commune together now.